4: Welcome to our new PR Week podcast episode with John Harrington. Hello,
3: and welcome to The PR Show, the podcast from PR Week. I'm John Harrington, editor of PR Week UK. The topic for this episode is flexible working in PR. It's obviously a major topic in the industry and the country generally at the moment, as many employers look to have more enlightened policies and move away from presbyterism. But is enough being done? And what are the biggest challenges with flexible working? We're gonna be discussing that today with our panel of experts. We have um, goal in London, MD, and Women in PR president, Bibby Hilton. We have Emily Buckland, the founder of Sesame Recruitment Consultancy. We have PR Network co-founder, George Blizzard, and also on the phone, radioactive PR founder, Rich Lee. Welcome everyone, thanks for, for taking part. The first question, quite a broad one really, And maybe uh, a little bit on the basic side, but I think it's worth starting with. What do you understand by flexible working?
0: For me, flexible working really encompasses any way of working, of which there are many, many, that isn't the classic traditional nine to five in an office at a desk. And I think that there are lots of ways that people work flexibly on a more kind of informal basis. So perhaps, you know coming in later, being able to take work home, remote working. And then I think there are so many different ways that you can have a formal flexible working pattern, whether that's a job share or four-day week. Um, So I think it's very broad and quite abstract.
3: Yeah. Has anyone else got anything I'd like to to add to this?
2: Well... like Bibi, I mean, there are lots of um, different ways that people can cut their working day and I think um, being in headhunting, I see probably some of the more traditional routes, but um, I would love to see the industry embracing some of the more creative ways to work flexibility, be that a flexible timetable where you say, um, you know, this week I'm doing um, Monday from home, Friday from home, and that can actually change. Um, There are um, uh, condensed working week. So there are lots of ways to do it. Um, and um, as I mentioned, I'd love to see um, the industry being a bit more embraceive and supporting of, of some of these more creative routes of flexibility.
3: Great. Well, um, moving on from that, I mean, the, the, the next question really, um, again, quite a broad one, but it's worth um, worth uh, dwelling on. I mean, the cur- current state of play, how well or not do you think the industry is evolving towards flexible working systems?
1: I think it's definitely there's an appetite there. I mean we've been working flexibly for 14 years now and when we started out it was, it was really tough, actually, trying to explain how we worked, how we operated. And Nikki, um, my business partner, Nikki Regazzoni and I have always done a job share. And I can't tell you how many times I had to explain that that's a really good thing and you get two for one. Um, and it, it works really well It's a seamless solution and we've, we've cut that job share so many times over those 14 years. We've worked at the beginning of the week and one's worked at the end of the week or together across the middle of the week. Um, so nowadays i think 14 years on particularly when we're pitching people don't ask so much or oh, how does how does this work they know we're a completely flexible agency so there's more appetite for it but i think yeah it, there's still work to be done i don't see many job shares out there i don't know about you emily but it's really hard and i think a job share is perhaps the best way we can move forward particularly for working mums as an industry it's, it's just a no-brainer as far as i'm concerned
0: i think i think building what george is saying i think We've made huge progress as an industry, and I think that now, you know, anyone running an agency will now be very literate in flexible working and say, oh, yes, you know, we've embraced flexible working, you know, et cetera, and, you know, you know, Golan is is well known for, for being a big advocate of flexible working. but. I think there's almost a risk now of this kind of flex washing. Mm. So everyone has um, now advertised, you know, most of the kind of large organizations advertise their roles, open to flexible terms, um, say that they do flexible working. But in some cases, I think it's become a box ticking exercise. And I think the challenge now is the next stage really is about we've we've sort of embraced the concept of flexible working in many places we're doing it but i think we've got to actually think about how we transform the industry and our businesses and think about job design mm-hmm. so that um we're really really actually adapting and changing the whole kind of culture around flexible working and it's not just a minority over here who are doing job shares or yeah. um four-day week And I think sometimes as well we
1: forget, obviously we're here with our women in PR hats on, but it's also, it's it's not just a female issue, and it's not just an issue when you become a parent, that becomes perhaps more of a a spur for it, Um, but in the, you know, there is also more of a need for for men to to embrace flexible working, I think.
4: That's a really interesting point because when I went to Frank in twenty thirteen, I think it was, uh, it is on the, the basis that I worked in London Monday to Thursday and I worked in Gloucester where I'm from, um, on the Friday, so you know, work home then. And that was purely I've got three children. I had well, my, my first daughter when, when my uh, my wife and I were we were eighteen, so you know, it was always a case that uh, you know ch- children were part of the package and they were really open to me saying, Hey, it looks like this would be a great place to work, I think we could do good things but yeah, here's here's the issue. Mm-hmm. Um they were incredibly open to it. And I think maybe we just don't see enough of that being talked about publicly because I'm mm-hmm. sure that agencies do great things, um, but it's all kind of behind behind closed doors almost possibly. Um, you know, we don't you know shout about the good things that, that are done there. And that was for me as a you know, as, as a dad work in NPR. Um and you know, it, in fact that's one of the reasons why why I started my agency in the first place is because even that and as flexible as they were willing to be, you know, um in that sense. I thought I don't really want to be leaving Gloucester on a Monday, coming back on the, like, late on a Thursday. you know and it was horrible spending you know four days away from my kids every and you know, every week. so um it was you know it was something that was tried, but you know it's great to have agencies that uh, are well known in the industry trying things like that and you know at least uh, you know being open to to, to hearing it.
2: We talk a lot about the F-words back in um, the office. <laughs> and, you know, we see pockets of brilliance, um, particularly in the smaller startup agencies yeah. where, you know, I think you can create your own rules. You can take It'd more risks. too,
4: absolutely.
2: Yeah, and, you know, you can try something. And if it doesn't work, you can adapt. Now, that's slightly difficult, more difficult if you're a big um, global agency. That's not to say that there are big global agencies out there who are embracing and doing things differently. And we see it more, um, actually, if there is a role that can be a contract role where the global agency is a little bit more willing to be flexible with setup, mm-hmm. But my heart still sinks when I see a brilliant talent out there who ultimately wants a three-day gig. And I'm not just talking about returning mm-hmm. parents. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, um, the, the younger talent coming into the industry that may want flexibility to embrace a side hustle because ultimately I know at AD level down to get a three-day meaty job to get your teeth into is still pretty tough at mm-hmm. some of the, the bigger yeah. agencies. I think you raised I guess
4: sorry, so sorry, let's go, go on. I was gonna say I guess that's why um you know I the size that we were when I implemented the four day, five day pay um, thing at radioactive. Um that, that's why I chose to do it then because we were a, a good size to, to implement that in a way that even as we grow, um and you know, we could have fifty people and it'd still work in exactly the same way and you know, I'm very aware fifty is nothing compared to a, a big kind of global agency, but you know, from you know, Um from, from small beginnings and all that, um, but you know, I just thought if we're at this level, at this, uh, you know, at this size, let's implement something now that can, you know, that we don't need to worry about, you know, even you know, like x people down the line because it becomes the norm and processes work around it.
3: Yeah, it's a good, um, good uh, time actually. I think, Rich, to discuss your um, four-day week change. Um, really sort of discuss the, the impact that, it, that it's had, really, um, both in terms of uh, productivity, uh, what the staff think of it, and also what the clients think.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I've uh, been doing it for about 18 months now, just over, I think. And um, from, a, from a results perspective, it's been – a lot of people at the beginning said, ah, oh, this is all well and good, um, but, you know, you can't grow an agency, uh, you know, while doing that. But in the first five months, we we you know, grew turnover 70%. Margin stayed. Um, you know, net margin stayed exactly the same. In fact, a couple of percent higher. And things, but quantitative things like, you know, quantitative, um, things like uh, you know, sick days, sick days halved, number of CVs doubled per job role advertised. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are lots of kind of marquee facts and figures that, you know, that I can highlight around exactly what we did and why we did it. Now, that does, you know, they're the glitzy things. They're the positive things that everybody gets to see. What about the, you know, the bits underneath all of that? Well, you know, initially, um, I was. Terrified of telling clients that I was thinking of doing this thing so I wrapped it up around the, the idea of trialing it and um, it basically came from me wanting a happy team and if I've got a happy team they'll do great work and if they do great work then clients are happy and they stay and that's mm-hmm. fundamentally it um, you know wraps up in another job perks and all that stuff and um, um, when I sat down and spoke to clients, I spoke to everybody, either face-to-face or you know, voice or video call. Um, you know, I didn't do any emailing. Of, you know, I just thought, I need to hear that tone. Um, the first person I sat down with, uh, the first client, and you're not an insignificant client in terms of size, um, so I laid it all out. And there was this uncomfortable five-second pause after <laughs> I kind of finished that sentence. And he just looked at me and said, I don't care what you do just as long as you get the results we need and spend the time you know, honest that we pay you for. And that was almost like, you know, I could just breathe this big sigh of relief because this was in person. First time I'd kind of said it, I'd rehearsed it, rehearsed it loads in the car, as you probably imagine. <laughs> and uh, and, um, and I said, okay, what we're doing is we're just going to trial this for six weeks. At three weeks, we, you know, we're going to survey you and ask you how you think it's getting on. The, the, the two things that mattered most for us were results and communication. You know, do you feel like either of those is suffered is a direct result of, not just from a topical you know, um, you know, reason or the you know, because something's happening in in your vertical that, you know, might might affect the results, but, um, you know, it's directly as a result of, and then it's six weeks, so at the end of the trial. And it was overwhelmingly positive from clients both at three and six. And I can even say now, 18 months in, um, you know, it's overwhelmingly positive. You know, there have been a couple of clients where, um, you know, maybe a campaign didn't go exactly as they thought it would, and they said, ah, maybe it's because of that four-day. You know, I'm able to say hand on heart, it just wasn't. Mm -hmm. You know, it's because of, you know, X, Y, Z reasons. So it's... um, yeah. still, from a client perspective, you know, I expected a lot more pushback than there was. And in reality, you know, no client is paying us for all of our time, you know, all of the allocated time we could potentially have from a team resource perspective. Like, clients pay for X days a month. Well, you know, if you want to pay me for you know, even you know, you know, 20 days a month, then you know, from, a, from a day rate perspective, then I'll just recruit you know, and that's, that's the thing. As soon as I felt comfortable saying that to clients, you know, that you know, you're just not going to get any less time than you pay for, and the results and communication are so key to us. In fact, we're probably even better from a time management perspective now than we were before because it's such a, you know, such it's such a conscious thing that it's it's there to be, not taken away, but you know, it's, it's there for for us to. It's ours to lose, is a mm. is a good way of putting it. Mm. Um, so yeah, really, really positive.
3: Interesting. Well, thank you for that. I mean, um, no. talking to, to to the rest of you. Um sorry George no, I just can
1: say i'm not surprised clients are happy I, yeah. I think it you know we're seeing it with the rise of the B Corp and you know different ways of working. I think clients actually are more likely to embrace this way of working. they like the transparency of the supply chain they like to work with suppliers um, who who are doing great things who are doing innovative things, who are looking after their people so i yeah I'm not surprised rich I think and cr- congratulations, I think it's a fantastic idea, yeah. and it seems to be working really well for you but yeah, I'm, you know, certainly in the way we work, we don't really have that pushback mm-hmm. from clients. I think it's something you worry about until you do it. You do. <laughs> yeah,
4: you so certainly certainly more do. What I'm worried about is yeah. I guarantee they spend a minute thinking about it and go, yeah, all right.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's great to hear you You kind of busting that myth about the client reaction, telling that story about your client's reaction solely being about delivery of great work. Because His I think... it language is
4: far worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't give a...
0: Uh, <laughs> um it's something that often gets leveled at me because kind of Golin is known as being a real advocate for flexible working but I other agency heads kind of level this at me saying oh but you know are you a client's getting the best service from your team. Um, what's the kind of impact with clients? And I think it is a real myth because building on your point, George, I think clients just want to work with great people. Mm-hmm. And they'd probably rather have X person who is a brilliant brain working on their business on four days a week or compressed hours or whatever it may be versus having someone that perhaps they don't gel with as much or he doesn't understand their as deeply on five days a week. So I think your point around is about delivery and outputs is the core for me, this whole yeah. discussion around flexible working its about what people deliver, not about how many hours they are in the office. Yeah. And so I think it's its a total myth. And at Women in PR, we get a lot of women coming to us and saying, look, I really want to work flexibly. My manager or my organisation won't let me because they say I'm in a client service role, we can't work it out. And I think we all really believe that that is just pure fantasy and it's just being used as, as an excuse Um, because people are sort of lacking imagination to design roles that enable you to work flexibly. And I actually
2: think, looking back on kind of my agency career, a lot of my clients were actually leading the way when it came to flexible working. Mm. Um, They were working modified hours. They had flexible Fridays. Um, They embraced that sort of life-work blur a lot more holistically than us agency folk. Mm -hmm. So
4: which speaks to a bigger point about agencies and presenteeism doesn't it and that um you know that you know the person that gets um, you know, is perceived to be doing the best as a person that's in it you know, in the earliest and needs the latest. Whereas and that's just not the case. You said just then about you know, clients wanting to work with the best people. You know, is that person doing that for reasons of insecurity or because you know, they can't get the job done many other times. So it's it's fundamentally, and I've, I spoke to my team when we started doing this, fundamentally if you can't do the work that you need to do in the time that you now have, and it's gone from 36 hours to 31 effectively, um, you know which um, say Monday to Thursday so it's, there's no kind of compressed time it's not you know you're working longer hours on a on a month you know, Monday to Thursday it's, it is what it is. Um, th- there are two reasons that you know you're not doing're not doing well in one is uh, you know if, if you can't manage your workload and one is you're being given too much work in, in case in which case you know, that can be helped or two maybe your time management isn't as as, you know, as good as it could be in which case you can also be helped with that um, so I think that, that kind of traditional model of um you know that almost you know yeah you know that person is changing their desk eats lunch at their desk um you know that that motion you know hopefully mm-hmm. this
3: is kind of breaking that down a time bit that's great i'd like to ask some of the others on the on on the panel about the impact they've seen from flexible working practices i mean in a sense rich's um uh case study is is quite an extreme one and it's great to hear how how well it's gone but um you obviously you've, um, Go have had um, flexible working policies for for a while. I mean, what are what are some of your sort of takeaways from the impact that has on um, the staff, um, you know, mental well being, but also yeah, sort of the, the what they produce for clients?
0: Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, it's we've been doing it for a long time now. I think overall, it's been overwhelmingly positive for us you know our business is in great health and we have good retention level we know that it's had I want to talk about this being a mum thing in a minute so just part that thought but we know that it's had a material impact over the last five years increasing our retention of um, parents particularly mothers returning after maternity leave so Five years ago, that was about 80% and we now have pretty much 100% return to work after maternity leave because we're open to more flexible terms. Um, And, you know, we have a negative gender pay gap, which is also associated with retaining women into senior roles in in our business. So those are kind of two hard numbers. Um, I think it's harder, perhaps for me, than Rich to make a direct correlation in terms of kind of profitability and, and, and revenue other than, you know, I don't think that we've seen any kind of material negative impact um, on our business certainly but um, can I just make one point on the the mum thing because yeah. I think that that's also an evolution that I've seen over certainly the kind of last five years is that this used to be a topic that we very much associated with parents and um, parents wanting to work more flexibly and particularly mothers and I feel like flexible working at that point was very much associated and, and sort of considered a kind of mum phenomenon. I think now it is about everyone. And I think Emily made a point earlier about younger talent coming into our industry, wanting to work more flexibly, whether that's because, you know, they're perhaps doing, I don't know, volunteering or studying or have a side hustle or or it's important for their perhaps their own mental well-being to have to work more flexibly. And I think that's why it is now so important, because if we're talking about future proofing our industry then we have all got to embrace this and be able to adapt and innovate our businesses otherwise you know we're not going to attract the best talent to come and work for us
1: and it should be easy right i mean we are all communicators. We have all the platforms available for us. It should be very easy to be as flexible as we want to be, whether you're working from home. I mean, our business is totally virtual. Um, we have seven team members who all work from their own homes virtually or from London bases, um, and then 1,800 people worldwide. And we all, you know, it works. It's 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 complex to manage at times. But um, I think, come back to your point, people are really bought into this. So the clients, yes, but even the people, they're, they've got vested interest in the success of the flexible scheme working so everyone just does their best and i think it, it works really well
2: i think flexible
4: burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you and with burrow you always get fast free shipping
2: absolute trust in the people mm. that you're working mm. with. And I think the quickest way to build trust is to be behind a common purpose. And that's sometimes where you see flexibility not working so well because people aren't quite on the same page. And that might be because of their own lens. They didn't have flexibility mm-hmm. when they were going th- go- yeah. climbing the ranks and therefore they don't necessarily appreciate that other people do. Um, so I think For me, it is about being very clear about what flexibility looks like in an organisation. And, gosh, anyone that's done global toolkitting Mm. will know it's all about freedom within a framework. And I think flexibility within a framework... um, give some parameters to start building that trust so everybody knows what flexibility means. If somebody is offered a flexible role, that role to Bibby's point is specced around um, what that person can do in the hours that they're in, in the office and what delivery looks like. And quite often, um, you know, one of the first questions that we'll ask when we're taking a brief is, well, is this a flexible role? What mm-hmm. you know, what what are the parameters here? And we'll still get a full time Basically, job spec, and there's no kind of thought ultimately about how that role then might go on to fit in around a modified mm-hmm. setup.
3: Interesting. Um, looking at some of those agencies, some of those employers that don't embrace flexible working, what do you think the main barriers are?
0: Imagination.
1: Fear, I think, what Rich was talking about, fear of what the clients would say. When yeah. In fact, if you have that conversation, I think nine out of ten times you'd be delighted. When it comes to in-house teams, I think its it's all about... Setting a precedent at the top. I think you said that. Um, it, you know, it's, it's role modeling. The more we see it, the more it becomes attractive. But certainly, those companies who don't do this, I think, will struggle in the future to, you know, they have there is a war on talent. They will struggle to recruit. The PRCA conference where Women in PR had the panel about this um, really did focus on that. You know, this isn't just a parental problem, this is a, a youth issue. Um, people are coming up the ranks, really questioning where they can, they will not go to a company which hasn't got very transparent, flexible working practices. That That's part of their value system, whereby it might not have been of ours know, many moons ago, 20 years ago, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It really is on their radar. I think you'll be mad not to embrace it. Or
2: On the flip side, though, I can think of um, a couple of um, agencies who hand up will say, we are better together when we're in the room together, when we're in the office together. And I think they have perhaps a slightly modified approach to flexibility. So it might be, look, core hours. So you've got that blurring around the edges at the start and end of your day. But ultimately, to get the best ideas, um, to get the best work, we want to be together, whites of um, eyes, and then their modus operandi is actually about making the work environment a really positive place to be um, for the hours that that you are in mm-hmm. that in that place. You know, I
4: probably sit in that camp as well. Weirdly, do you? Um, you know, I like yeah. I really enjoy having people in you know in the agency. It's not like you know people need to work elsewhere. You know, say right, I need to be at home on this day and you know for this reason or whatever. You know, we don't allow that. But you know, I do I do kind of subscribe to the um, you know to the idea that for us at least um you know it, it works well you know having having you know people in the office together so we can collaborate you yeah. know, and and it is that white in the ice thing yeah. but um you know it's um it's it's about finding you know, finding that balance in, in in all of it but the, the some um obviously I'm not in the room so I, I don't know who who said this, but the you know the the idea of you know, um like not having that kind of top down approach to um you know, tackling. Um, you know, people just staying in the office late and you know, not taking lunches and things like that is something that you know, we, I think as an industry we need to take quite seriously because if it's modelled at, at the top, if you know, if I if I go out, if I leave on time, if I'm you know, if I take my lunches, if I'm seen to be doing those things, then the rest of the team will That's follow wrong. and mm-hmm. it you know, is modelling that exactly that because and also being you know if, if the team is still in at quarter to six, I don't know it sounds you know, possibly ridiculous, but if the team is still in or anybody's still in at quarter to six on any given day, I'm saying why are you still in? You know, like, what can I do to help? And almost kind of, you know, put it back on myself to say, well, again, one of those two things, you've either got too much on or, you know, time isn't being managed quite well enough. And it is, that's not always going to be the case. There'll probably be people listening to this screaming, saying, what about when you get a briefing? And they say, we need it, you know, we need a you know a proposal tomorrow. But, you know, there will be the odd case where that isn't, you know, that can't be, you know, that can't happen. But if you're trying to model flexible working, or at least, you know, or at least even just, you know, Work into the hours that you're you're kind of contracted to, then um, you know, I think again that can only be a good
1: thing. Do you think sometimes there's a negative connotation about flexible working? And agile working is a better, and obviously PR people like to rebrand things. But there, <laughs> you know, sometimes I think there's this kind of oh, it's a bit part time, isn't it? If you're flexible, whereas agile suggests something a bit more innovative. I don't know. Yeah,
3: maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I think there is probably that danger of the connotations of flexible working is you know people who aren't their hearts not as in it as not mm. in it as much mm. or you know they're, they're not as dedicated i mean do, do you think maybe that is a that that is a um a barrier sometimes perhaps yeah, an I unfair think, one
0: i think maybe i think rich made a good point earlier about when that you know you're being very honest in saying there was one campaign that, that perhaps you know felt could have gone even better and the client kind of saying, well, is that to do with the four-day week? And you, you were obviously very assertive in addressing that head-on, mm-hmm. yeah. Rich. And I think that, that that sometimes can be a risk that if there is performance below par on any aspect of, of the agency or their work, that the flexible working can then kind of get scapegoated. Um, and I think that that definitely can be a risk because it's an easy... It, it's it's the
4: first thing that you can Yeah, do, it's, it's an yeah, easy...
0: Exactly. Um, it's an easy reason to scapegoat, um, but I think that it can just bring so much more positivity. Really, the the benefits far outweigh.
4: I think that very, that very often is just a slopey shouldered approach to to kind of agency management by clients sometimes because you know you've got they've got a, a shouty boss that's saying why well, aren't there these results and then you know they've got to give a reason and um, so, you know if that's the one thing that they can kind of pick out and say well it's probably this isn't it and um that, that's why i mean exactly as you said i have to be assertive in in saying no no definitely not you know it's because of xyz or you know it's and i think again around around the room slash me being over here um you know, we'd be lying if we said that every campaign went exactly as we you know hoped it would mm-hmm. and you know there is nothing for clients to be you know to, to kind of mm-hmm. pick apart you know in in know performance post post campaign or post you know whatever we do so it's um yeah it, it's just sometimes uh, a very very easy thing to point out and so you know we just need to be assertive and say that's not
0: what it is mm. i feel like the part-time the, the the words part-time have more negative connotations mm. and i think that, yes. that that saying you work part-time i think there there is a kind of certain perception around that and i think that's often seen as I think because historically more women did work part-time, I think that's often in kind of more lower-paid jobs, so like in the retail sector, for example, that that did have negative connotation. That's why, you mm-hmm. know, there's Time Wise have done the They do their part-time power list, which is sort of to elevate uh, the concept of working part-time, which George and I have both been on that list. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to throw that in there. Yes. You should do that in the power book, George. Yes.
3: Yeah. Well, that's interesting thought. <laughs> just add to your workload Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Phoebe. <baby. laughs> um no it's a it's a very good point um i mean do you think there are any um types of industry um within sort of pr agency or in house um or or disciplines or whatever it might be that are sort of um uh, less willing to take up flexible working and, and why sometimes do you think s- structure of maybe big network agencies gets in the way a bit um just you know being kind of uh, getting any change of policy together takes being signed off by seven or eight people, that sort of thing.
0: I actually think the, the globe, I mean, you're all going to sound biased, but I actually think the global holding companies have have really stepped up to this in the same way they have around D&I. Um, I think, because Emily's right, I think, newer agencies are able to start from the beginning they can build you know a very innovative new model like rich is talking about and there's kind of other great examples like you know don't cry wolf and etc
1: if you have a a team leader that's really strident in this view i think you can make it happen i think it's just um so i wouldn't say it's necessarily sector or discipline dependent. i think perhaps in-house might be more tricky so unless they're um, a very progressive organization perhaps more traditional sectors don't want to offend anyone maybe i've heard of a few law firms for example where it's been perhaps harder which is surprising with the legalities involved but those more traditional um sectors like that may be tough i don't know emily you may know more from your recruiting background
2: but... well i was just thinking um you know one of the, the the pressure points that we see is um often agency leadership are incredibly a uh, uh, very supportive of flexible working and are open to... um embracing talent that want to work differently but when it comes down to hiring managers sometimes that is actually where the block is Mm -hmm. because if you're on the front line um, of a client you want you know somebody in that seat that can support you because you've probably been battling for that headcount for Mm -hmm. ages and actually if it is the choice between you know somebody that maybe doesn't need a flexible um, setup versus somebody that can be at their desk five days a week you're going to take the 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 path of least resistance. But I also think if we don't challenge that, ultimately we're seeing creativity drained out of agencies, Um, we're seeing, you know, um, marketing services not being an appealing Career option as well. So, you know, I think something has to be done quite diff- drastically. Um, and somebody said to me, it's all about, you know, setting those hard m- matrix and saying, this year we are going to have this in place, and by hell or high water, we'll have those examples and we'll show people that it can be done. I just think more job shares are totally the yeah. answer
1: in that. I think you get yeah. more, more the same level of seamless cover, but you're still meeting people's requirements to do perhaps less
2: hours. But there's only one agency that I've really seen embrace that. Is that the PR Network? That's... Uh, what? The PR Network. And Dolan. It's re- uh, very, very hard. I mean, very rare. I, I battle to mm-hmm. suggest innovative and creative ways to resource differently. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it feels like...
1: Pushing what up the hill? We could do it 14 years, and I can't, I, I don't think we could do it without each other. And it's just worked so well for us as a business, for us personally, for our families. And I just don't, I'm just, like you, I'm flummoxed as to why people don't do it more often. It just is a no brainer. You get two people who are very committed, seamless cover throughout the week, um, and two amazing mm. talents. It's not necessarily me and Nikki, but um, <laughs> <laughs> is it, I just don't, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. And I don't think there's enough. Role models out there, as you say, there's, you can point to only a couple of people that have done it. It's
2: such a shame. It really is. I think it's the structure that goes around truly embracing a job mm. share. Yeah. And it's, it's that sort of a little bit more organisational effort that maybe is the sticking point. And it's also the fit. So I think it has to, it has to fit. So
1: it's, it's very much a, a marriage. You know, the chemistry has to be exactly right because I know when I leave something, Nikki picks it up and I, she'll go with it as, as I would have done. So it it's it's has to, and I think that takes time to find that fit and that's not a natural um, overnight thing. So I think probably that is it. But the more we can try and do that, it just seems to, to fix it. And
2: fa- fabulous for the teams to have two, two brains and yes. two points really of united brain. view. But I think on a positive side, I do think, and we were saying this earlier,
1: I think the UK is further ahead on this. So, again, at the PRCA conference we're talking, mm. uh, we had a, a US perspective as well. I do think we're further ahead in terms of agile, flexible working, whatever you want to call it, than, than perhaps our US neighbours, which is good.
3: And we were talking about the... Um situation with Microsoft mm-hmm. in Japan as well, where they went to a four-day week in a trial and it increased productivity by 40%, was it? Yeah, just
1: for August this, this year, year on year.
3: Yeah, astonishing. I mean, clearly it's something that's worth looking at in, in, in more detail, but as a sort of headline figure, it's it's quite something. Um, okay, um, I'd like to ask, are there any um, best practice tips that you will have um, to help the industry improve flexible working practices?
2: I think I mean I said it earlier. For me, it is about flexibility in a framework. It is about being crystal clear about what flexibility means, what it isn't. Um, and I sound I sound very flippant, but what it isn't is just phoning up on in a, a morning and not coming into work because frankly you can't be asked, and it's those it's those people that actually do ruin the flexible approach for a lot of people Um, but that does come down I think to absolutely down to trusting your team being aligned as I said before around a common purpose and if everybody's pulling together and aiming for the same goal um, you have you have that trust that's exactly
4: and for us on the Friday and you know something that kind of Gets um, gets thrown at thrown at me and or us and um, quite a lot is the the idea obviously PR and the media is not something that lives and you know kind of goes back to sleep Monday to Thursday um, you know it is 24/7 so you know what happens if a client needs you on a Friday and it is it's when I first told the team I said this is a huge amount of trust we're placing you know that, that is you know being put on all of us and you know, all of you uh, if a client needs you then we have to be there just like you would be on a Saturday or a Sunday. So, you know, in that it is a true three-day weekend. Um, and it's been a couple of minutes per Friday on average uh, since we started doing it. And bear in mind, that's 40-something, 40 45 you know, additional days a, a year that they're off. So, you know, two, um, a yeah, month and a half just over. Um, so that's a lot of trust to put in your team. And it's really the trial that gave me that, you know, okay, we can go ahead with this. So maybe, I don't know if this can be, you know, kind of used from a framework perspective, but, you know, it's trialling, you know, flexible work as well, and and then demonstrating that it doesn't have an impact on clients. It doesn't have to be a four-day week, you know, but flexible work is, and, and or agile working has been something for, for a long time, as, as, as we talked about today, but um, it's... It's it doesn't have to be this big, sexy headline that you know you have to worry about margin because of, or worry about client response necessarily. It's you know, can you, could, could you trial around it and then you know, show the team that it can work as well? Um, so you know, perhaps there's something
1: in that. I think there's um, you need to be flexible, when you're flexible working as well. if That makes any sense. So what you might want now will almost certainly change, and I think yes, you need to have these kind of transparent structures in place, but you know I think you should be prepared that that will change over time whether the agency kind of changes slightly or your client requirements change you should flex as well yes there is a requirement from you that you want to do x but then I think there should be flex on both sides mm. um, and that will change whether you have children you want more flexibility or as they get older and you've got teenagers like me you want to do more work because it's a bit, bit easier than being at home <laughs> um, so you know that, and I think you need to be prepared that, that what you have now might be different and that's that's not a bad thing. It's not set in stone,
2: and I know it's a double edged sword, but technology I read an amazing stat from a survey that was done a couple it was a year or so ago that said that you know fixed technology outweighs mobile to- um technology two to one Wow. Well. And and I know when I look at some of the smaller agencies, so you know, hunt and gather, for example, um Tim Potter is brilliant when it comes to flexibility because he assesses every candidate on merit he will want the best, and if that means modified hours, he will do his best to accommodate that. And he has, you know, brilliant tools in place so the team can communicate quickly, they don't need to necessarily be in the, the same room together. And I think the, the tools to do that are improving all the time oh, yeah. with the with the That's likes already. of Slack.
4: Slack. Um. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we use WhatsApp groups for every single client and for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's it's quick, it's transparent. Um, Google Drive or and or, you know, like, OneDrive or whatever you might use from a cloud perspective, that you know, means it's, it's quick and easy to get to something if you need it. And that's you know, exactly that. The tools, you know, technology is supposed to have made our lives easier over the years. I'd argue it's made that's more stressed, more, you know, we're working more than ever. So, you know, it's it's almost time to kind of let that work for us a tiny bit more. Mm.
2: But it is amazing, isn't it, that when you think about the nine to five, those hours were put in place in the industrial age for factory workers. And yet Mm. we're still, when you think how much the world has moved on, we're still almost, you know, Mm. dictated really by that Dolly Parton song.
4: And and that was the question, genuinely the question I asked myself was, do we just do this because everybody else does? Yeah. Because, you know, a 100 years before that... Uh, you know, it was a six-day working week. Uh, so, I mean, it was—it's not that long ago that we actually went down to—I think it was the early 1900s—we that we went down to a five-day working week. Um, so, yeah, you know, before that, it's six-day, uh, you know, like, on average. So, um, you know, things are changing, and you know, with the speed of, uh, you know, with, with the pace of change in terms of technology, why aren't we at least looking at our working practices exactly as, as, as we've been speaking about in—in—in in, uh, in line with that? So, um, yeah, it is about time that we—we we took this really seriously.
3: Fantastic. Well, that sounds like a really good uh, really good place to conclude. Um, it's been a fascinating discussion. Um, I think we've all we've all learnt a lot, and I'd like to thank you all for taking part, to, uh, to Bibi, um, George, um, Emily, and, of course, Rich. Um, thank you all very much.
4: Thank you. Thanks for listening to the PR Show podcast with John Harrington. Brought to you by PR Week. If you've liked what you've heard, please leave us a nice review.